Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar, as well as trusty producer AJ Fredrickson. Boys, how are we doing today? I mean, uh, not the greatest of games uh, to talk about. Well, we'll get to, to that in a little bit, but a beautiful day out in Minnesota anyways. We've got that going for us at least. Yeah. I mean, summer in Minnesota, you can't, can't beat that. We can't, we can't live, you know, we can't live with every moment of this club because otherwise we would be uh, unhappy more than happy. Yeah. If, uh, if we let maybe the club's performance dictate the weather here, I mean, it, it honestly kind of matches what we had this past weekend. A lot of torrential downpour and just it, maybe it started off all right. And then it ended a poor weekend, but um, no, no, no clouds hanging over our heads today. A uh, nice day, but uh, unfortunately we do have to unpack a less than ideal second half from this past weekend against Salt Lake. Well, let's jump right into it. Uh, Loons 2, RSL 2 out on the road. Loons looking to bounce back after a 4-0 thumping two weeks ago. Yeah, we took the week off last week just because wasn't a whole lot to talk about for Loons purposes anyways. But uh, we're back into it now here on Loon Talk. appreciate you joining us this week, wherever you are joining us. And uh, first half, let's start off. Let's kind of go chronologically here. First half. Uh, wasn't the greatest of possession purposes for Minnesota, giving up 70% of possession to Rail Salt Lake. But when they did have their possession, they took their chance as well. Hassani Dotson scoring in the 25th minute, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And then uh, Emmanuel Reynoso scoring 14 minutes later. Uh, like I said, Loon's not a, whole, not, not a whole lot of possession, but when they did have it, they got it up real quickly and it took a little bit. They got it to Emmanuel Reynoso and let him kind of pick apart the real Salt Lake defense in the first half. Yeah. The first half was great. Wasn't it? It was, uh, it was what you want to see out of this club. We've seen some of their best matches um, when they're just getting throttled with possession time and they score in transition because uh, especially this squad right now with all the speed that was planted up front on Saturday night, uh, transition is great for them um, with Reynoso back and with uh, Mender Garcia up top and the speed they had on the pitch. Yeah, we love the transition game, um, but you, you kind of do it for more than 45 minutes. And that's where the problem lies. That's where it gets a little bit tricky for us. Yeah, um, the, I mean, the first 45 was amazing and I, it was nice to have what seemed to be kind of old reliable out there, Manuel Reynoso. Um, he, he looked great, especially in the first 45, that first goal. I know he doesn't on the score sheet get credit for an assist, even though I know the MLS is very generous about assists uh, and handing those out at times, but he kind of does all the work, um, gets it into the middle. I mean, just beautiful movement uh, inside the box before Hassani Dotson is able to find the back of the net. Um, but I think maybe the fortunate side of things for Minnesota in this match was the VAR kind of working in their favor, not only in the uh, first half with a canceled uh, penalty, but a, a goal getting canceled out in the second half too, right out of the break. Cause that would have, that, that sort of set the tempo where you have a two nil lead out of the half. And then all of a sudden you concede, you get one called, uh, it gets called back, but that kind of was the precursor for what we were going to expect in the final 45. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads right into the second half. Uh, that VAR discussion, because in the 14th minute, if I'm remembering, remembering minutes correctly, DJ Taylor takes down uh Rail Solic player, Bodie Hidalgo, and 
Uh, it looked like from the original angle that we saw, it was a clear cut penalty. And I mean, the referee, Tori Penso, kind of waved her signal right away. Penalty clears day, no questioning it. Didn't even like talk to VAR about it and had everybody lined up, everybody ready to go, gave the goalkeeper instructions not to cross the line before the kick was taken. And then right before she blows the whistle to signal, go ahead for the goal kick. That's when VAR chimes in all the way from Atlanta. Like, hello, oh, hey, you might want to take a look yeah. and uh, look at that reverse angle. Cause then we saw the reverse angle. We saw it once. And mm-hmm. that seems to have been the deciding factor that uh, uh, DJ Taylor did not take down Bodie Hidalgo. It was more of a dive and loons get away with one there three minutes into the second half loons get away with another one because Anderson Julio offsides impeding the view of uh, Clint Irwin, who was in net for the loons on Saturday night because Dane Sinclair is off with team Canada for the gold cup. And that'll be the same for this upcoming Saturday against Portland. No Dane Sinclair as well for that one. And goal gets called back and that kind of set the tone for the second half in that Rail Salt Lake got 21 more shots in the second half than they had <laughs> in the first half. And they set it out right away. They came out oh. of the gates flying and Pablo Mastroeni just put it, put the loons to the sword on yeah. in the second half. You and you and your stats. What's what's 21 more shots? What, 21 <laughs> shots in, in, okay. in one half. Okay, so first of all, Tori Penso literally had the whistle on her lips ready to blow for the penalty kick. The scoreboard keeper was ready to punch a one-up for the goal because it was most likely going to go in. And then uh, she said, hello? Sure, we can look at that. So here's what's really weird is, you're right, she immediately made the call. It looked in real time. No-brainer. And as soon as I saw that angle from the other side, that reverse angle, I went, oh, nah, he didn't push him down. He actually had his hand on him. He didn't extend out and push. He pulled his hand off of him, and then he went down magically. Um, it was amazing. It's that's one of the most that's one of the most well used VARs I've ever I've seen. Um, it's too bad it took so long because that just added to the drama. Uh, but it, it, I've not too often you see. I guess I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of times where you look at the first or real time, and then you go uh, look back at a replay, different angle, slow mo, and you go, "Oh, it looks completely different." So, I I, I think VAR got that one right, um, and I never would have guessed that until I saw the other angle. So, and then the second one was actually a really really good catch, um, uh, an offside call that you don't see too often. Um, because the player was blocking the uh, goaltender's ability to see the play, see the ball. And it was, it should be in the referee's textbook because it's perfect the way Clint Irwin has to lean to his right to look around uh, the, uh, which, who was it that was in there? You remember, Jonathan? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Had to lean to his right around him. You could see that on the replay. Then the shot comes on the other side. And so he's leaning the wrong way and narrowly misses getting a a glove on the save where if he wouldn't have had to lean around that player, most likely would have gotten a glove on it. And uh, so I thought that was a great call um, on a call you don't see very often. So, you know, at the end of the match, I think those two worked out fine. There was just a lot of drama. Uh, a lot of yellow cards. It was very uh, stressful match. And, um, you know, somehow we snatched a tie out of the jaws of victory. And, and 
And it's just too bad because those are two points that this, as tight as things are in the West right now, those are two big points that got away. Yeah, especially with just kind of the form that this team has been on and the success that they've had on the road. When you go up to into halftime on the road against uh, a team like Real Salt Lake, who, you know, they're not they're not bad by any means. They're six right now in the Western Conference after the final uh, score this past weekend. But that would have been a nice little jump start to move the, the loons back up into playoff potential position, um, getting them. It, it, they would have finished out of out of the window just uh, with how everything else wrapped up this weekend. But that would have been a nice little, you know, jump of the battery, so to speak, to really set them off here as they have a friendly this week against FC Kaiser slaughtered. And then I think they're, are they back on the road or are they at home this home. next weekend? Home yeah, against Portland. Um, so it's, uh, it, it, it's so tough because you, you know, hindsight of things, you can say, you know what, they're on the road. They salvage a point, you know, that's good, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't look at, you know, if you didn't watch the match and you just looked at maybe the box score, you're thinking, okay, that's, you know, that's a decent result for a team that's been struggling as of late, but uh, no, two, three points were very much in the cards here. And then it seems like they were at the blackjack table and just happened to hit on 17 and all of a sudden <laughs> that, that King card come up for a bus. So um, unfortunate that you drop those two points. It, it is fortunate you get the one, but three points were very much uh, attainable here. Yeah, absolutely. And, as you mentioned, as we mentioned, uh, 21 shots for Real Salt Lake in the second half. They completely dominated the second half, kind of ran the loons out of the building. And uh, the two goals in the second half from Real Salt Lake, one from Danny Musovsky, the other from Justin Glad, uh, condemned the loons to getting just one point when it looked like they were going to get three. That makes it, I believe, six points dropped from winning positions in the final 10 minutes of matches already mm-hmm. this season. That's enough to bump you up to, I believe, third or fourth or fourth or fifth place right now in the Western conference. If I'm doing the math correctly, that uh, you can't be doing that this often already this season. That's, that's, that's not a good trend for the season. And Dan, I think I mentioned it a little bit during the broadcast that last year, last season, or at least the last two seasons, it felt like the loons found ways to give up goals at the end of the first half, just in like (laughs) weird heartbreaking fashion. And then completely flipped the script for halftime. What were you going to talk about at halftime? This yeah. year, because of those six points already dropped uh, in the final 10 minutes of matches, it's now seemed like that that has moved to the end of the games, and that's that's worse for the Loons. You yeah. definitely yeah. don't want that because it changes the results and changes how many points you get. And the Loons just have to figure out a way to lock it down at the end of games better than they have so far this season. Just more dramatic. It's kind of fun, exciting that way. Yeah, they're watching. I understand today they're watching a film called Stoppage Time is Not Your Friend. Uh, so that's what the team's doing today. It's it's so frustrating because, you know, you, you bring in defensive players. Bakai Debasi was back. And and so they had they had all the they had everybody on the bench that played defense, I think, in the match, except for Padelford, I guess. Um, pretty should have put him in too. Um but it still didn't work because the idea is you're gonna you're gonna outnumber their their players in the 18, but somebody missed Justin Glad. How do you miss the giant redhead? How do you miss him? He's standing right in front of your goal. Yeah, you three guys in front of him. I mean that, yeah. that 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 leads right into the next talking point. And I'll I'll start with you here, AJ. Is that obviously there was when a result like this happens, there's there's consternation and there's uproar on the internet. And the big talking point was the loons parking the bus. It's never a popular tactic, 
first teams to do. Jose Mourinho made it famous, famous, and no one likes it, but it's effective. When it's done right, it works. Unfortunately for the Loons, it did not work on Saturday night, but had they not done it, let me put this to you. Had they not done it, had they not put brought on Bakai Debasi just before stoppage time started, right. and they left him on the bench, and the same result happened, what is the reaction? I think the reaction would be the same, that why are you leaving this guy on the bench? Why aren't you bringing him on to help park the bus and yeah. stop anything from happening? You're leaving a good defender on the bench. Adrian Heath was kind of damned if he did, damned if he didn't, AJ. Yeah, it, it it's kind of a lose-lose for the, yeah. the coaching staff, given the, it, given the if the result stays the same. Because, like you said, if they, 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 we saw what they did, there's uproar. People are, you know, people are already like, they, they grab their pitchforks, they're ready, they got their torches. Um, but if they <laughs> hadn't done that, if they had just stuck to the, the first half game plan and they have that 2 0 lead and all of a sudden the same momentum and, and the onslaught of offensive pressure uh, from Real Salt Lake, they get the two and then it's like, okay, pitchfork, uh, pitchforks, torches, why are we not playing more defensively to hold on mm-hmm. to this lead? It's, you know, it's really losing. It comes down, it comes down to just execution. I feel like, and, um, yeah. you know, the coaching staff, obviously they're, they're responsible for it, but they can only do so much from the touchline. Um, it, so, yeah. the players, the, the players, the leaders out there will trap Michael box. will need to not, not that it's their fault, but they, after that first goal comes in, you have that quick, but yet long walk back to the center circle where, Hey guys, just small pep talk here. Let's figure this out. We're not going to let this slip away. Um, Cause I'm sure, you know, some of the guys on the team that that's who they look to. They, they, they look to the mainstays in the roster, the guys that have the armband on or the guys who uh, lead across the back line. And um, it, it's an unfortunate uh, lose, lose situation just for everybody else uh, because the loons supporters are going to have, you know, either way, it's this, it, you're flipping a coin and it's coming up heads no matter what. Um, but let me maybe spin this, if you don't mind, to you two both with the question of would you would you have rather have seen them stick with the same game plan? And do you feel like had they not parked the bus and just continued? Um, obviously, we know Real Salt Lake coming out of the half. They made adjustments. But on the loon side of things, it's not like they... There were there were positions in the first half where Real Salt Lake could have scored, and you know we we saw a penalty that was taken away at the very last second. But it seemed like it was working for the most part. Why switch? And this is me just posing the question here: Why switch? Why change up as much as you did and go sit back defensively and let? Not only did you let them into your house, you let them right into the kitchen for essentially forty five minutes straight. So what's what's <laughs> What's the point of changing the tactic that much just to preserve the two zero lead that uh, uh, ultimately you, you, you know, cast asunder. Dan, I'll let you just, go Justin glad was Justin glad was in the fridge, taking out a sandwich. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was in the kitchen. Uh, um, I, for, first thing is, is I, I, it's tough for me when fans, when there's a loss in this case, it wasn't even a loss it was a draw right away. They want to blame somebody. Uh, let's blame somebody. Usually it's Adrian Heath. Um, Adrian Heath didn't, Adrian Heath put three guys out there to cover Justin Glad. They didn't do the job. That's mm-hmm. not an Adrian Heath. Um, I, I, I would do the same thing again. 
up that situation, I'm going to put the defensive bodies on the pitch and I'm going to protect that lead, especially that late in the match. Um, but to your point, AJ, I did have someone that I talked to after the match uh, um, that said, and it's a good point, and it's kind of what you're saying, do you take the best player in the in the match who was Emmanuel Reynoso? Do you take, your, do you take the best player off the pitch? And I said, that's a fair point. And that's kind of where you're going with that is things were going okay. Do you, do you, you know, or, or would, would have been better off taking someone else out and not Emmanuel Reynoso. So again, this is all hindsight and hindsight is so easy because you know what happened. And I didn't think the only thing that I thought, Jonathan, that, that we commented on during the broadcast was had, uh, had he known when he went to put in, um, Bakai Debasi, had he known there was as much stoppage time as there was, stoppage time is not our friend, by the way, um, would you have waited a little longer to make that move? And I kind of think maybe, but I don't know. I can't, I, I can't speak for, for him, but it just didn't feel quite right at that moment uh, just after Debasi came on and, uh, and Ray went off. Uh, ten nine minutes popped up, um, and I got I got kind of a bad feeling right about that time. Yeah, and I think there's your for one there's your there's your show title AJ is stoppage time is not our friend. Well done, Dan, for <laughs> yep. that one. Uh, but I think for me, taking a Reynoso off is kind of give or take because you had already changed the rest of the attack. You'd already substitute those guys off. Are you really gonna pull one of those substitutes? off after a couple after what 10 minutes of action that doesn't look good for you there uh, and to, let's be honest at that time at that point in the match where we're one minute away from regulation ending and going into stoppage time you've already given up 70 percent of the possession you can't get the ball and hold on to it so what's the point of having Emmanuel Reynoso on if you can't control the ball anyways I mean they were struggling to control the ball throughout the entirety of the second half Real Salt Lake was just piling pressure sorry for the kid in the background uh was piling the pressure on the loons the entire second half. So it's not like you were you were winning a possession battle or you were holding up the ball with the Manorino so on the field. You weren't doing a good job of holding the ball anyway. So what at that point at that point I think I agree with him of bringing on another defender and just trying to bunker down because you can't hold on to the ball. Real Salt Lake's controlling this game and just piling the pressure on and having a man having a, a gassed Emanuelinoso on the field isn't going to do you any good anyway. So bring on the guy who has fresh legs, fresh being that he hasn't played yet this season and was coming on for the final, what I think any reasonable person was thinking was probably going to be six minutes. And then a nine pops up on the board, which is just fantastic. Stoppage time, not our friend. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think, but I think Dan, as you said, if he had known there would be nine minutes on the stoppage clock, he probably would have waited a couple minutes into stoppage time to make that substitute because or that substitution because going to the park, the bus tactic for 10 minutes is an egregiously long time. That is a very dangerous ask. And, <laughs> and you're asking Chewbacca's that's the, in the house. That's, that's the bus. Hey, starting Chewie. Yeah, hey, Chewie. The bus <laughs> 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 that happens. But yeah, that, <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's just, Chewbacca. it feels like, feels like asking to do a park, the bus for 10 minutes is a very dangerous ask. And it, it came to bite them. And that's just, kind of what happened on on Saturday night and yeah. it's disappointing because they lose and or they, they draw and it feels like a loss because of how <laughs> it happened and yeah I think there's a there should be a lot of it shouldn't be a whole lot of blaming Adrian Heath for or the, in the coaching staff for the tactic switch 
You should be looking at the defenders. Looking back at the replay, Justin Glad is by himself. There's no Minnesota player within probably three or four yards of him. And there's three players standing there ball watching right in front of him. And those three players are all center backs. Like, what are we doing here? That We've seen this before, that particular thing of the center backs ball wa- getting caught ball watching and just leaving a guy wide open. And something has to change because you can't keep dropping points from winning positions because it's going to really hurt you and it's hurting, hurting them so far. And when you're already down below the playoff line and you have half a season, you have less than half a season to go to get back above it, you can't be doing this, especially in Western Conference games against other uh, Western Conference teams. So, yeah, just a disappointing night on Saturday for many a reason. But at least we got to see Emmanuel Reynoso with two goal contributions and look completely uh, like the player that we expected he would be, at least in the first half anyway. Second half, everybody, all the Loons players were just kind of out of it. Uh, the only guy keeping him in the game for the most part was Clint Irwin, who will get another shot to do it Saturday night against uh, the Portland Timbers on right, right back on 1500 ESPN, 7 p.m. pre-match show, 7:30 p.m. kickoff with Dan Terhar and myself. Boys, let's take a look across the league now at some of the other news and results from across the weekend of Major League Soccer action. The big news today: Bob Bradley, after only a year and a half in Toronto, is out. He is out as the head coach, out as the technical director. There, things have been not going well for Toronto, especially after putting together the most expensively assembled squad in Major League <laughs> Soccer history to Lionel Messi joins Inter Miami later this season, and his price tag alone will make him the most uh, expensively assembled roster in Major League Soccer history. Uh, Toronto <laughs> down in 14th place in the Eastern Conference, 19 points, only four above Inter Miami right now for last place. It is not going well. Three wins, uh, seven losses, 10 draws on the season. Bob Bradley out. Your thoughts, guys. I, I had uh, in my write that down that I did uh, a couple days ago. I had Bob Bradley would not make it through the week at Toronto. I had that right here. Do I get, am I going to get credit for that? For write nope. that down? Had you done it last week? Had we done a show last week? <sighs> or we might have been. I see. It was all yeah. ready for last week. You guys don't understand. I, I think I texted to AJ, so I don't know. I'm pretty sure I had. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, is it, is it, again, we talked about this blaming the coaches and, you know, it's, it's, you know, when the players obviously make mistake, whatever is, is it Bob Bradley? I mean, that's guess AJ, is it him or is it, I mean, they've, they brought in players. Um, if the clubhouse is a disaster, even though there's good players that this might be one of the occasions where you go, okay, this one probably is on the coach. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the coach's job? keep peace in the clubhouse and make sure there's harmony and, and love and, and all those wonderful things. Yeah. I think it probably comes down to the severity, like behind the scenes of what it is from our perspective outside looking in, I would have expected to at least have the season, you know, the remainder of the season to try to make it work or regain the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But um, they must've felt that it was a, Hey, we have to act sooner than later. Let's pull the plug and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. So uh, Bob Bradley, I, I didn't expect it. Um, I think that the, we were walking down the path where probably you're, you're going to see a change here at some point, but not, uh, not June 24th or whenever it was announced. Announced this morning. So yeah, June 26th. Oh, there we go. Um, June 26th. Yeah. I think he gets a lot of the blame uh, as the technical director there. He's too uh, on, on top of his head coaching duties. He was the one who orchestrated the the roster overhaul uh, and put everything together there. And yeah, 
it's his job to keep control of the locker room and keep things in-house and things started leaking out, especially a couple weeks ago in the athletic, the big report of everything going wrong there, stuff being leaked out uh, from what's been going on in the locker room. That's never a good sign. And uh, shaky things started to happen after that and it continued to go downhill. So Toronto looking for a new manager after I believe it was a year and a half of Bob Bradley. Other maybe news they'll get up. somebody who maybe their next guy won't be somebody who just browses transfermarket.com, <laughs> you know, at 3 a.m. looking for like what international players are suddenly coming off wow. contracts that we can looking sign. for 30 plus year old Italian <laughs> uh, wingers to come play for him. Wow. Oh, just, just wow. so there's your parting shot at Bob Bradley. Good work, AJ. Well, no, I said like it, it's just the funny, it was it, it's the funniest thing. Like that's how they. He's just, he couldn't sleep one night. Let's go on the internet and, oh, hey. Buy some players. All these, all these guys, game. all these guys are coming off their contracts. Maybe we should just shoot them a call and then, boom, Fabrizio Romano. Insigne is going to be a free. Uh, Bernadeschi is <laughs> going to be a free. Let's get these guys in. They're not too old. <laughs> that turned out well for them. Uh, let's see here. Other news coming out last night. Thank you to Mikel Giannone of 2DNA and Univision that uh, the U.S. men's national team are coming to Allianz Field this September. And it's been uh, confirmed by the Pioneer Press and Andy Greeter that they will be that Allianz Field will be hosting a U.S. Men's National Team game. The reported team that they will p- be playing is Oman, nice. which is just you know that seems like probably going to be an easy win. They couldn't get a real opponent because everybody else is playing actual games outside of uh, Concacaf not playing actual games, and my kid continues to be happy about this. So, uh, how can you I'm not looking, be happy about this news? I'm I'm looking forward to it. it I if I'm doing he's, if I'm he's a big I'm putting everything together correctly. This will be Greg Berhalter's second game back in charge after whatever the hell the, the beginning of this year was with Greg Berhalter and the U.S. men's <laughs> national team. So it'll be fun seeing the U.S. men's national team for the third time at Allianz Field. And this time, probably much better weather than February 2nd of 2020. Oh, may, maybe, maybe. I, I need to go. It's not going to be an option this time around. <laughs> Can you can you guys can you guys excuse me for a minute? I need to switch over to Google and find out where Oman is. I have no idea where it is. I thought that I thought you said <laughs> the, the WWE. Oh man, Omas, Omas, yes, Omas. Oh god, yeah. oh great. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's take take a look at some of the other scores, notable scores. Uh, I know it's right Dan by was... Saudi Arabia and Yemen. Okay, just south of Iran, Iran. All right. Uh, I know Dan Terrar was was extremely excited by the first goal score in the Columbus Nashville game. Christian Ramirez scoring another goal, <laughs> making it seven on the season. That's three more than any Loons player if you're keeping track. Why are you saying that? Why are hashtag you doing Team that? Chaos over here? I'm not a Christian Ramirez fan. I just love hot stirrer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's see other notable scores. A couple of big score lines going on. DC United hanging three on Cincinnati. And shutting out the best team in the league. That one was incredibly surprising. Well done, Wayne Rooney and DC United boys. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming at all. That was almost as surprising as Christian Ramirez has seven goals. So got that going for you. By the way, make a Christian Ramirez bold pick during the uh, write that down because I'm all over that. So <laughs> I'm, right. I'm daring you. I'm daring you right now. Got it. Well, DC, got it. D- DC United's going to, they're going to get better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right? Wayne so, Rooney's too good of a think, coach to not have yeah. to get better. I think we all think they're going to get better. So I think that this this uh, second half of this season, um, I guess we probably shouldn't be surprised if they uh, take some big wins. So um, 
yeah, I guess, I guess I, I was surprised this time. Next time I won't, I'm now expecting it. So. Uh, other lopsided score lines this weekend, New York hanging four on Atlanta, Philadelphia, four, one win over inner Miami, Austin. Where the hell did this come from? Three nil win over Houston, Austin FC sitting last I checked eighth place in the Western conference, Houston, fourth place. Uh, now only two points separating them in the standings, uh, Vancouver, a three, two win on the road in LA against LAFC. Another surprising result there as LAFC now have to make up a bunch of games for all the games that they missed on their CONCACAF Champions League run. So uh, good luck to LAFC keeping pace with that. Uh, clearly the kid agrees and continues to just want to input his, his thoughts on the show. Uh, other results that, I don't know, St. Louis 2, San Jose 1. Uh, that's not really that surprising because St. Louis continues to do St. Louis things, continues to be atop the Western Conference. Uh, and I know we say this every week. I don't think anybody had that continuing to go uh, this far into the season with the likes of Seattle and LAFC charging charging them down. Didn't see it coming. I think AJ saw it coming. He's the only one. The rest of us thought yeah. that they would uh, probably finish somewhere where, where where the loons are right now. So, But yeah, AJ you, saw it coming. You can go back to our preseason recording show um i think i said at this point they would be as good as they were so no uh, and by the way me. nobody's gonna go through the effort of go back and look at an old yeah. show so you're safe uh, but yeah no no it's uh it's very impressive that they've been able to keep it up i i did expect them to come back down to earth so to speak when their schedule after the first five six matches uh the difficulty the fixture difficulty definitely ramped up for them but they have been uh, they, they've took a couple punches here and there, but for the most part, they're dealing more in blows than they're taking. So St. Louis continues to uh, be red hot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's enough for the scoreline. Look, we'll get to the picture in a second. Just want to give a shout out to Minneapolis City SC, USL League Two side. Uh, just put out on their, their social media channels this morning that yesterday their, their game day crew arrived at the stadium uh, to get set up for the game, but their trailer with all their equipment was just stolen. Because oh, no. people are just jerks out there. Inside were tables, tents, banners, fan giveaways, and other gear. It will cost them over fifteen thousand dollars to replace, and that's oh. not just something that is just sitting in the bank for a USL League Two side. So they have a GoFundMe out there right now to help them recoup the losses. Bless so you. go help them. Uh, go help them out if you can, if you can afford, if you can throw a couple bucks their way, because that's just and you don't ever want to see that, especially with a no. club like Minneapolis City SC who does so mm -hmm. much good work in the community. It's just it just sucks and. You know, here we are. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. get, let's jump right into the predictor. We've got plenty to get accountable for uh, a really bad losing streak for AJ to wrap it or catch everybody up on. Uh, so Dan, why don't you explain what the predictor is? Really bad. Really good. Depends on where you're sitting on that one. So the predictor, uh, we predict three matches in the MLS, including the upcoming Minnesota match. You get the uh, winner correct to get a point. You get the score correct, uh, win, lose, draw, whatever. You get the score correct to get a bonus point. How long has it been since CJ, uh, since AJ got one right? It has been over a month now since AJ Ooh, has gotten boy. a single game, a single result, even right. Uh, Yikes! So he's gone four ugly. straight. He's gone four straight shows getting all reds. Ooh, boy. It's been a very tough stretch. Let me tell you. <laughs> no. All right. So the only person who got anything right was Dan getting the double bonus points, uh, predicting a one-one draw between Columbus and New York City FC two weeks ago. Well done for on that one, Dan. Congratulations for getting yeah, the two was, points. Uh, very rare. Uh, I was out two weeks ago, so I didn't get any points. That means Dan is the leader in the clubhouse by two points. 18 points for Dan, 
16 for me and 14 for AJ. So AJ, since you're bottom of the barrel, why don't you go first, sir? All right. We're going to start off with the Minnesota Portland match this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to have this tied in sort of to my write that down. So I I'm, I'm sort of tied to a score here, but I'm going to say after a very disappointing draw, Minnesota will bounce back two zero um, over Portland. Wow. Like it. Yeah. You're so you're such a deep thinker tying contests in together. And um, well, I, yeah, I, wrote, I, I originally wrote down a three, two loss, but then I went to my write that down and I looked at the stats a little more. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Way to fact check yourself, AJ. That's impre- yeah. that's really impressive. All right, uh, Minnesota 2, Portland 1. I thought you were going to take my score, so I'm happy that you left it alone. So 2-1, Minnesota. Right, AJ, you said 2-0? I said 2-0. Ah, why not? 3-0, Minnesota here. I there think we we're go. Gonna get on the score sheet. Emmanuel Reynoso is going to go nuts. Franco Fragapane, who hates Portland for some reason, he's going to go nuts. Uh, let's have it. 3-0, Minnesota against portland this weekend uh aj your second one my second one i uh i'm i just talked about them i've been right about them since the uh since the start of the season st louis city they're gonna stay red hot Uh, i'm gonna peg them for a two nil win over colorado rapids all right dan that's a good pick i like it uh cincinnati will bounce back three one win over new england wow that's a top of the Eastern Conference battle, one versus two there, and you're going 3-1. Nope. They're going to be very upset. I very mean, it, they are 10-0-0 at home this season, so good luck <laughs> to anybody going to Cincinnati. Right, right. They must be putting something in that Skyline Chili that's not sitting well with yeah, There's uh, something in that Skyline Chili, all right. <laughs> I, I get, correction, they don't need to put anything in the Skyline Chili. Yeah. They just need to yeah, give it to the opposing say, it's, team. It's, it's already <laughs> enough as is. <laughs> we could do a whole show on Skyline Chili. You know what? I don't think people want to listen to that because probably I don't think they want to be sitting in the bathroom the entire time. Probably so. not. Um, ooh, which game should I go with here? Because Dan took my Cincinnati-New England one because I was going to go with that one too. I'm going to go Vancouver-Kansas City. Kansas City lost to Chicago this last weekend for the first time since 2012 at Kansas City. Chicago hasn't won there since uh, a long time ago, since AJ was probably in high school, if I'm doing math correctly. Was I right on that, AJ? Uh, Depends on the year. (laughs) Depends on the year. 2012. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, and I was hoping to be a senior year, so I wouldn't feel that old. (laughs) Since before... Since before that kid behind you, Jonathan, was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So I think Kansas City, and they had all their designated players back. They had everybody, all their high name or high price players back. I think they're going to go on a down slope here. Vancouver, another road win, this time at Children's Mercy Park. Give me a 2-1 win for Vancouver. Nice. Maybe your third and final one of the week. My third and final one, uh, San Jose. They're sitting fifth in the Western conference right now, they miraculously are fifth with a minus three goal differential, but they go. Sounds like the Vikings. <laughs> um, I believe they're on the road, but it doesn't matter if they are or not because they uh, pay a visit to Dr. Galaxy, LA galaxy. Um, they're going to get their offensive woes uh, sorted out. They're going to put up a three spot to win three, one over LA galaxy. Hold on. This one's the make good from earlier this season. I think Dan predicted this one. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, never mind. That was a different is, game. Now, this isn't the make good, is it? No, no, no. That was LA Galaxy, LAFC from the first week so of the wait, season. This one is the Cali Classico at Stanford Stadium, so there'll be a lot more people in the house. 
So you're what well, okay, let me hear that again. You're predicting San Jose will shut out the Galaxy 3-0? No, I said I, I, they're going to give up one just cuz it's San Jose, but they're going to have uh, an offensive firepower 3. 3-1 oh. San Jose over LA uh, Galaxy. I uh I picked that game. I picked that match too, but now I don't now I don't really know if I want to. Um I'll stay with my pick. Won't change it. I had that pegged as a 1-1 draw. San Jose and LA Galaxy. I'm going to go for my final game of the week. I'm going Columbus, New York. I'm not predicting yeah. scores here because that'll come up later as we like to loop things in to write that down. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Columbus win over New York. Columbus sitting in well, the, of the standings. Fifth place right now in the Eastern Conference. New York Red Bulls sitting in 11th place in the Eastern Conference right now. Though both sides are coming off nice wins this last weekend, nice shutout wins. Uh, it will be a 2-1 win for or what I say two one win I'm going yeah. two one win for Columbus this weekend uh, that was the predictor now time for write that down we'll get to you or the accountability session here in a little bit but first it is our other soccer related prediction segment where we each make three soccer related predictions they can uh, we'll call them goal the correct ones goals the person with the most goals at the end of the season will get the coveted golden boot which has never been awarded to anybody because there's no actual trophy it doesn't for it. exist. Doesn't exist, uh, even though I've won it two years running. Trying to do it for a third, but I've got a mountain to climb to get back into the standings here. Get back into the race for that. Let's do an accountability session here. Each of us have one right off the board and one wrong off the board. That's so boring. going left to right on the spreadsheet, I said Bongi will score at least five goals in June. He scored zilch in June, so that came <laughs> that was, up really ooh, well. Ooh, you missed it by that much. <laughs> I did say Balogun will get his debut and score for the U.S. men's national team in this window, so I get a point there. Kaching for me. Uh, so that brings me up to seven goals this season. Hi, buddy. He's trying to creep in on the show here. Uh, Dan, you said Emmanuel Reynoso's first goal of the season will not come until July. Excuse me for that, AJ. Have fun editing this. Uh, July somewhere. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> It'll come eventually. Uh, and then you did say, Dan, to make good for this, Emmanuel Reynoso will score against Real Salt Lake. So you get one right, I, one wrong on I, the same. What was I? Was I high? It's <laughs> essentially the same prediction. So congratulations there. Uh, AJ, you said Minnesota United will be top four at some point by June 24th. That was mathematically impossible after the 4 0 loss to Montreal. I think it was mathematically impossible the day after he said it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although you did say Emmanuel Reynoso will have at least two goal involvements against Real Salt Lake. This is really easy. You're laughing at how bad of a prediction yeah. that was by me. That was, yeah. I'm going turkey hunting after this. That <laughs> <laughs> our goal score or our goal uh, leaderboard up to Dan. You have 16, AJ has 14, and I'm all the way back in last place on seventh or with seven points. So I'll start this week. Uh, boys. Write this down. Someone other than Emmanuel Reynoso or Bang Hukle Hongwane will be the uh, leading goal scorer this season for Minnesota United. Who? Mm. Wow. Not going to say. Wow. Not going to say. Write that down. You know know Luis Amari is gone, right? Yep. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Someone actually has a chance. Throw that out there. (laughs) So I mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier my predictor had a tie-in with write that down. So this uh, this weekend, write this down. Clint Irwin will record a clean sheet with five or more saves. And the parlay action going wow, on. Wow, like look at that! You're just rolling it all up. Uh, nice work. So, all right, um, all right. So Minnesota, 
avoided allowing a penalty kick against and had a goal against overturned in one match by VAR, that will neither one of those scenarios will happen the rest of the season for Minnesota. Write that down. Just making sure he's not going to. So no, no PK will be overturned or a goal overturned for an opponent uh, for an opponent the rest of the season. All right. Uh, I told you earlier this show that I will have a Christian Ramirez prediction because why not? Because hashtag team chaos here. Christian Ramirez will score double digit goals this season. Write that down. Oof. It's out seven. It only needs three more. Still has half a season left to go. AJ. All right. My next one. We're still, uh, we're still on the international play. Um, and the U S men's national team following their draw against Jamaica on Saturday night, they take on St. Kitts and Nevis on Wednesday before battling. Where's that at Google? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually it's at city park. It's at city park. That's where it's at. Um, and then, uh, Trinidad and Tobago on Sunday at six o'clock. I'm I'm not sure I have faith in this C squad that uh, they're making BJ Callahan roll out despite the the draw. So uh, the U.S. men's national team, write this down, will lose at least one of their matches this week. And I bet you, if I if I wow. if, you, if you had to make me choose one, it's going to be against Trinidad and Tobago, and then we're going to get the um, the the classic moment by Taylor Twelman. Uh, what you can't beat Trinidad and Tobago on a like a sandy field in a little bit of rain? What are you doing? No, uh, no. Um, so yeah, write that down. U.S. men's national team will lose one of their two matches this week as part of the uh, Gold Cup. Damn! Wow! Wow! Got a lot to. Well, I had a defense against here. I had a I had a pick about the uh, USA match against Saint Kitt. I'm going to alter it slightly. I'm going to stay in the same vein I had, but I'm going to predict that Team USA does not give up a goal in either one of those matches. Two clean sheets. Write that down. I like it. Wow. I'll, con- I'll continue the trend here and go with the U.S. Uh-oh. men's national team prediction. Write this down. The U.S. men's national team with their C squad will win <laughs> wow. the gold cup this year. Write that down. Wow. Somebody's a little snarky. Yeah. <laughs> AJ? <laughs> you, come on! No one played defense this, on the This Christian has been Ramirez such a one. night and day transition from <laughs> Concacaf to Gold Cup. I mean, we you have no, oh, yeah, none, none of the hits. You have, you're not playing any of the hits. Um, my final one. <laughs> we're gonna look over to uh, to England here. We're gonna have uh, write this down. James Madison will join Tottenham Hotspur this summer window. Okay, write that down. You, I'm not gonna. There's links, there's rumors for the sake of my sanity, they need him. So um I'm going to that I'm I'm going to will this and well, speak once this they sell Harry Kane, they'll have enough money to go buy him. No, they actually they they <laughs> save themselves the money uh by going with the uh Vicero, Vicario Italian goalkeeper instead of David Raya because Brentford are ludicrous and want forty million dollars for forty million euros for a goalkeeper outside of their mind. Are you, are you okay? Are you done? You feel better now? Getting that off your chest? AJ's a Tottenham fan, so he's never okay. Let's. let's well, they're they're asking they're they're asking for forty mil. Like, there's not other goalies in the world that they can go buy. Like, you're never going. He's a, he's got twelve months left on his contract. No, they already they already got their guy. He's doing his medicals today. But it's 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 ridiculous. Oh yes, I I'm I'm gonna stop rambling because we have uh, FC Geyser Slaughter and 
pick coming up here. I can't wait. We've got to say Dan's FC's Kaiser, Kaiser Slaughter, and that's how they have to reintroduce every time now. It's no longer just FC Kaiser Slaughter. It's Dan's right, FC Kaiser Slaughter. Right, that's right. Thank you. They uh, Wednesday in the friendly against FC Kaiser Slaughter, there will be a total of five or more goals scored in the match total. Write that down. Realize Minnesota United were playing Everton again. It's going to be a that was so going to be fun. goal. It's going to be goal arama. <laughs> that was, was enjoyable. So All right, that has been uh, Loon Talk and random ramblings from my kid who wants to jump in on the podcast too. Uh, boys, right. it was it's been fun. Uh, Dan, go turkey hunting now if you want to. <laughs> I couldn't tell if your son sounded like a turkey or Chewbacca. A little bit of both. We're going to get out of here before he decides to talk a little bit more onto the show. But, boys, we will talk to you Saturday evening at All All Field. Looking forward to it.